All right. Uh, once again, you're here with me and Adam. Hello, hello. We are talking today about the extremity mindset or the all or nothing mindset, uh, especially when it comes to fitness, nutrition. Well, it's, it's a, <laughs> we need to talk about the extremist mentalities because that seems to be the most dominant these days. We could talk about this subject and everything. We'll avoid politics to be certain. But we are reaching a point where it's always, you know, people are all in or all out. And it's just a recipe for failure. Why do you think that? Burnout, I guess, is the easiest way to put it. Um, hmm. You know, like the number of clients I work with that are just like, oh, I'm just so all in. And it's, they, they lose weight quickly and then they gain it right back. Or, you know, they, they start to get fit and they get injured it's a switch every time. Like I'm going to turn on and then, you know, something happens that I turn right back off. I think, um, the, the problem with the all or nothing mentality is people don't know how to look after themselves in the midst of it because they never really planned for all, which is why they end up with nothing. And so I'm not against the idea. Oh, this is quite interesting. I wasn't sure what way you were going to go with this conversation. So we might end up having a debate here, but... Um, All right. <laughs> so as long I, as it's healthy. <laughs> everything's healthy here. Yeah, I'm not yeah. against the idea of the all-or-nothing mentality because I think some people thrive on it. I see your point, but to me, like, I don't think you can thrive in the all without the nothing. And... I think that duality makes long-term success nearly impossible, if not actually impossible. I guess that the reason why I disagree is because most professional athletes wouldn't be where they are if they weren't all in. I guess where I'm coming from is more, you know, being all in on a decision, I'm going to be a professional athlete, is different than, like, I'm going from doing nothing, a dead stop, to... I'm going to work out six days a week and eat perfectly healthy. And, you know, people can be shocked into drastic decisions where they're suddenly all in on their health. And that typically leads to some level of burnout and going right back to where they started. Again, that usually comes down to because most people didn't know how to manage what they were doing with an expectation of what was sustainable afterwards. So you are right you know that there is a level of burnout there but like let's go back to the professional athletes they train five six times a week so why are they not burning out that's all all in for them but the reason being is just because and we don't know if they just started out like one day as a kid or as an adult they started doing sports bang they started going in six days a week some people can do it and they can sustain it i've seen it but the people that can't sustain it which is majority more so what the type of people that we come across i think it's because they never planned properly for the amount of time they should be doing things they sacrifice things that they were enjoying so they're doing more things that they don't enjoy and therefore you are going to see burnout quicker because you're not actually looking after the the healthy side of life counterpoint to the athlete though is number one they're paid to do that so that's a huge part of it is you you are paid whether it's the collegiate level where your your payment is scholarship and making it to the next level you know, I'm, an, I'm all in to make it to the professional side of things or of the professional athlete who they're paid to work out five, six days a week. It's not something they're doing on the side of a job and a life and a family. You know, it is the job. Right. But also 
their career, the average span of a professional football player is two and a half years. All right, that's football in in America, but like a lot of athletes in other sports will last forever, you know, like depending on how they look after themselves. And so I, I won't tie it down to solely American football, but, right. you know. I, that's fair. Um, and so I think if, if you want to talk about it from that side of it, it, it's a tricky one because, like I said, I've seen people succeed by going all in. And the people who don't succeed, I think the biggest problem is they never learned from their mistakes. So th- there was no reason why they couldn't succeed by going all in. But it's because they didn't learn from the mistakes of where they failed from when they tried to go all in. I think that the people who can go all in and maintain it are the exception and not the rule is a big part of it. You know, athletes usually are the exception. When you get to the professional level, you're less than 1% of the population uh, of athletes, not even of, of humans. People who make it from high school to college is 5% or less of all collegiate or all high school players, people who make it from, you know, in the American system, you, most sports, you have to go to college before you can go to pro. The ones that make it from college to pro is less than 1% of total collegiate athletes. Mm-hmm. You're dwindling down to like the, the rule is most people can't sustain an all in mentality. If not even just temporarily at all, you know, like, I mean, it's definitely not a lifelong mentality that you can maintain especially when you start talking about us common folk that aren't athletes. Sure, but like it can be applied to other things too. Like people go all in on a business, etc. you know? Like you sometimes you have to have that all in mentality to be able to achieve success in something. So I'm not against the idea of going all in because I think sometimes it's needed. Do I think it's always needed? No, and that's where people make mistakes, but I'm not against the idea of going all in. I'm not either. I I definitely, you've raised some points that I was, I was, I'm pretty against it from a health and fitness standpoint for the the common person who's trying to become healthier. Mm -hmm. You know, and even from a business standpoint, like you have to be all in at first, but at some point every business owner has burnout or felt like they're working too long, too hard. I mean, the goal is to get to a point where you're not, 100% all in every hour of the day. There's a work-life balance, for lack of a better term, even though I hate that term. There's no such thing as work-life balance. There is life and work is part of it. That's an odd term that we use, um, which is another mentality we can bring up, which is the working for the weekend mentality that I also don't like. Yeah. You know, so I guess my standpoint was more thinking from the habitual all-in goer, the person who is extreme, you know, from zero to 60, burn out and right back to zero and they just stay in those patterns of all in lose weight gain muscle whatever their goal is and then they burn out or they can't mean it's like motivation going all in is a good tool but it's not something that can be sustained before you run out of gas or burn out or injure yourself or something to that nature yeah i guess um i'm, I'm with you on the fact that most people if they are going to go in all all in, all in doesn't necessarily mean go as hard as you can from the set go, you know. But a lot of people think all in is going from couch potato to training like a professional athlete. Which you know, if you're going to have a car on your driveway for six years and then you're going to try and like drive it like a Ferrari, it's not going to do it, is it? So, 
like from that standpoint i think there's there's being smart about it and there's being extreme about it is it your mindset that you're all in on this goal or are you pushing yourself all in to an extreme to reach a goal those they seem subtle but i think those are very different things to which i agree like if you're all in on your goal to run a marathon you don't just jump up and run 26 miles you you know do a couch to 5k program you know you're still all in on the goal but you're not all in on your training mm-hmm. so to say i mean it's so you can use all in without the extremity of pushing yourself way past your limit too early, too quickly, too fast, whatever it is. Yeah. Cause at the other end of the spectrum, look at bodybuilders, like when they're prepping for a show that is all in. And so I think all in with the purpose is achievable, but all in without a purpose is out of the window. I think the other way we can look at this too, kind of flip the script a little bit. When I think the extremity mindset, the first thing that comes to mind is food dualities. And mm-hmm. what I mean by that is, when we start labeling things as good or bad, we're pitting two extremes. There's either good or there is bad, and that's just how it is. So people will paint this food is bad, and it should never be eaten. Gluten is the devil. Avocados are amazing, so you should eat as many as you possibly can. And we start to reach this extremity in belief about certain foods it doesn't seem to happen with exercise quite as much i guess Mm. because there's less emotion i mean i'm not saying exercise isn't emotional but exercise is universally seen as healthy nobody doesn't think that resistance training is healthy they just don't prefer to resistance train their runners for, for example whereas people identify as their diet i am vegan i am keto i am carnivore and it's that's the only way to be healthy if you don't intermittent fast you're stupid and you know you should stop eating and kill yourself. I mean, it's like, it gets to that extreme where we start pitting against each other good versus bad. Or, you know, if, if it's not this way, then it sucks and it doesn't work. And I think that kind of extremity is becoming more and more present in our diet culture for lack of a better term. I get what you're saying. And if we're linking it back into the all in mentality, I guess what I, what I dislike about the all in mentality is people feel like if something isn't perfect, I might as well not do it at all. And so that's the side of the all-in mentality that I think we haven't spoke about. Because people think, if I'm not doing it exactly how it should be for maximum efficiency versus just doing it, because guess what, it's a great starting point, then people go, well, I might as well not be doing it. And um, I saw someone post something very relevant on uh, social media and... Um, I found, I'm still using the term this day actually, where she basically said that whether you go all in or whether you choose to stop, time will still continuously pass by. And so, you know, it's your choice whether you want to do something for yourself or if you think if it's not perfect, I choose not to do it. But nothing's going to be perfect. And so are you still willing to let that time pass by and have nothing from it or something from it? And that's what I think a lot of people with the all or nothing mentality don't think about. I use, it's a dial, not a switch all the time with my clients when they're, you know, especially the ones that are all in. And I typically do see it with like ex-athletes, people who used to be active or athletic or lift or whatever, struggle really hard with expecting to be where they were instead of getting back to where they were or defining a new normal is probably even a better goal. 
and it's, you know, there is no merge. It's just let's cross four lanes of traffic and get into the lane we want to be in. And that doesn't work. That's, that's when we see injury. They're all in to be who they were and not get back there or get to a new level of fitness. And it's just, you have to dial it up slowly, you know, start small, 10 minutes a day of walking is 70 minutes by the end of the week, where if you decide you're going to work out an hour, six days a week, and that's easy to talk yourself out of, you're doing zero minutes by the end of the week. You know, I'll take the 70 minutes over nothing. But a lot of people won't because social media has created this perception of if you're not doing something perfectly, you might as well not do it at all. You know, there's this level of expectation that, um, you know, if something isn't the best and you're not the best at it, then you shouldn't do it at all. And I hate it. Yeah, there was, I saw a post recently that was like, social media has us believing that we should be 23 year old entrepreneur business owners with abs who don't spend too much time on their business and take time for themselves, but also make a million. And it's just like, to be truthful with you, most of those people are lying on social media. 100%. You know, I, I used to call them the coaches, coaches, the businesses that popped up that were creating copy pasta businesses. And you can identify those things by the phrases that are like, I help 30 to 40 year old women lose weight without dieting and blah, blah. It's the, it's the same statement over and over and over again, with just mild differences. And they're, they're coached to type their business description like that. And basically they're all kind of teaching everyone that, Oh, well make it sound like you're doing more than you are. Like, even though you don't have clients, make it sound like you're helping everybody in the world post so that you are, already a millionaire and it'll ha and it's just one of those things where it's almost impossible for every single one of these social media profiles to be a multi-million dollar business with a single employee just destroying the game and you know it, it's all a lot of it is lies you know and the number one thing people tend to lie about is how much money they make mm. i think that also like does contribute to the all or nothing mentality and I think with that, when people start thinking about the nothing side, you, you do have to really relate to what I was saying before, you know, is doing nothing better than doing something? Whether it's all or some, you have to just think to yourself, what is just as good as doing nothing really? You know, what's the benefit of doing nothing? And so when you think about that, maybe it will change your mind about how much you apply, but a lot of people are willing to move a lot of priorities to the side to make time for new priorities which is your all i guess but you don't have to get rid of all your other priorities you know things that you do enjoy like for example when people are like oh well i want abs or something for my summer holiday you know they'll stop drinking they'll stop going out with their friends they'll stop eating carbs or you know whereas there could have been a balance why couldn't you still go out why couldn't you still eat carbs you know, fair enough, there can be reduced amounts of these things, but why does it have to be complete nothing? And if you're one of these people who is probably saying to yourself, I have no self-control, then I think you have something else you need to deal with here. It's not that you need to completely go cold turkey. I think you need to deal with the underlying issue of you don't know how to control yourself, which is nothing to do with the products so the products are not bad for you or, you know, your lifestyle. It's that you don't understand how to tell yourself enough's enough whenever you point a finger at something you have three pointing back at you 
Explain that to me. I don't know that. So when, when, when you point your hand, you have three fingers pointing back towards you. Oh, I've never heard that before. So whenever you point your finger at something, you got three pointing back at yourself. And that's the thing is, are products designed to advertise and be sexy and get you to buy them and blah, blah? Absolutely. Not going to debate that at all. But like Adam was saying, if you feel you have self-control, it's a relationship. It's an emotional relationship with eating or that product or that food item or whatever it is. You know, food has no agenda. Food is not good or bad. Our relationship with it is. There, there is no polarization. You know, I can make the same food sound healthy or unhealthy, healthy or unhealthy, depending on how I describe it. It is context. There's no such thing as healthy without context. You are healthy for the frequency, volume, quality, etc. of foods that you eat. The only time a food is unhealthy is when it's gone rotten, like an apple going bad. There's nothing wrong with a with a a rotten grape though. It's called um oh what's it called? It's called a raisin. No, that's a dehydrated grape, Bozo. Oh damn. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. <laughs> We're editing um, that out. <laughs> no, that's it. Oh man. Always a good time to get to use the word bozo. But yeah, so like I um I use always the example you can use an olive or an almond either way, but almonds are Whole foods, all natural. They have protein, fiber, healthy fats, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. They're also incredibly high in calories and fat, very low in volume, insanely easy to overeat. That's both healthy and unhealthy, depending on how you look at it. It's moderation, isn't it? It's balance. Like you know, I can have one packet of crisps. I guess you guys call them chips. That doesn't mean you know I've ruined my ruined the way i look or ruined my health or anything but it's those people who go packet after packet after packet after packet you know guess what you've just over overeaten your calories and you know you've made yourself more hungry and you don't feel good about yourself because you're not really doing anything about it and you're not helping yourself that they're the people who have the ones with no self-control it's it's not like you said it's not about the products themselves yeah, I think it boils down to planning more often than not. I don't eat Cheez-Its or crisps, to use the vernacular, with the expectation that they're going to fill me up or make me full. I eat them because they taste good. Mm. And so I, I take that into consideration. If I'm going to eat something like that that is you know low volume, high calorie, and easy to overeat, I will intend to have it with a sandwich instead of just having or have a protein shake or, or an apple or something else to go with it so that it is that item and something more filling mm. as opposed to just like you said serving after serving of high calorie low volume foods it's interesting because obviously we're trying to link all this to the all or nothing mentality and i think it's it's 100% how you want to perceive the situation. And most people want to hold the accountability on the products and not themselves. And that's another reason why a lot of people go all in or they do nothing because they want to blame the tool. They don't want to blame themselves. You know, at the end of the day, the tool's only as good as the handler. Personal story about my going all in and, and et cetera. I've had that same issue most of my life, you know, lost 120 pounds and, it was from cutting out sweets, Cokes, mayonnaise, red meat, alcohol, fried food, fast food. I mean, you name it, everything. And it, it created really bad food relationships where I wouldn't have things around and then I would 
eat the shit out of them when they were available. Mm-hmm. Ultimately wound up breaking those because I eat red meat again. I eat mayonnaise again. I drink alcohol. I have ice cream. I just have moderate amounts. Every once in a while I break down and I have extreme amounts, but it's more, it's less often because I've developed a better relationship. And even today, like I was a workout junkie. I would go bike to school, work out before class, work out between classes. If I had a break, bike home, walk the dogs, you know, I was probably moving four, five hours a day between like walking to all my classes, biking to and from school, the number of times I went to the gym, et cetera. And then I, you know, had jobs. I worked for the dolphins where I got paid to work out. There was a shower there. So I biked to and from work. I was on my feet for 20,000 steps a day. And now I work at a computer doing virtual counseling. I don't go to the gym because I have young nephews that I don't want to get sick, you know, by contracting or being a carrier and taking COVID over to their house since they're not vaccinated. So I've had to learn how to work out from home. Mm. You know, that was a nothing for me was working. I can't stand working out from home for the most part because there's too many distractions. I'm going to, there's a computer here, there's a TV there, there's my dog to play with. And so just recently, this is, I started, I walked him for little, maybe around a mile. So about 15, 20 minutes. And then I started doing like resistance band and kettlebell workouts. And that was also for about 15 minutes. Neither of those are very long. I mean, I'm used to working out for two hours at a time and jumping rope for 40 minutes. And, you know, I was, that's who I was. And now I'm up to a two and a half mile walk with him. And it takes about 36 minutes and 45 minute workout, you know, between the bike trainer and doing kettlebells. But I started at 15 and 15 and I worked up to over an hour of activity, almost two hours of activity over the past several months, you know, so it's, it's, that was my dial, not a switch moment. Yeah. Big time was teaching myself how to work out from home by starting small. What is, what is the amount I know I can do where I'm not going to get bored or distracted? And that was 15 minutes. So I have a question for you before we end the episode soon. What's up? When you said, um, you lost about what, 120 pounds was it? Mm-hmm. And you said you had the all in mentality. Did it work for you? Yeah. It did. Yeah. Oh, okay. So it does work. <laughs> yep, it sure did. You know, another episode is the body image and workout obsession and food relationships that it caused, you know, or or maybe we're always there and brought to light. But yeah, it, it, it worked. I lost weight and, yeah. you know, I've, I've gained a little bit back, but I've maintained around 100 pound weight loss for about god 18 years now well well done you but that's where that you just kind of like touched on my point of why i i still think it's okay to do the all-in mentality but i think the reason why you're such a good example of that is because you did the all-in mentality and you you may not have learned how to deal with the root cause of the problem at the time but you spent time afterwards trying to deal with the issue at hand which was the relationship you had with food which you couldn't do while you were doing the extreme version of the weight loss and so yeah you went to extreme measures to lose the weight and you could have gained it all back but you you self-reflected and you learned about yourself afterwards and so you know i'm not against the all-in mentality it's what people choose to do after those decisions and the people who choose to do nothing i think it's understanding that perfection isn't real 
It's kind of bullshit you using me to prove your fucking point. Absolutely. Garbage. Cheating. Do we have refs for this? Um, yeah, no, I think that's really – and that's why, like, I did start changing my tune earlier on saying, like, I think it's a good tool. I don't think it's necessarily always a bad thing. I think it's when people get stuck in the cycle and don't know how to break it of all in, all out, all in, all out, back and forth – you know, if I hadn't have self-reflected and, and learned about those relationships and, you know, weight swings and yo-yo dieting and that kind of stuff, I probably would have gained all my weight back. But it got me started. So All In really started my health journey. And then learning to moderate and be okay with living in the middle of the two extremes is what's kept me on it long term. Well, the way you've just worded that will be perfect for the quote of how I'm going to end the episode. So I've just brought up a, a quote from Albert Einstein, which is, Insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. So a lot of people out there will repeat the same diets over and over again expecting a different result than the one they've already achieved when in actual fact it's because you're repeating the same thing over and over again you're not achieving it and so i think with that you should just understand stop repeating the same thing over and over when it's not working the first few times i think you need to learn there's a reason why it's not working there's something not right here so change the method a healthy debate runs purely on fat and is completely free of banned substances. This episode was edited by Blair Solberger, so if it sucks, blame him. The next episode will be out in a week wherever you get your podcasts. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at A Healthy Debate or on YouTube at youtube.com slash at A Healthy Debate.